Every writer that you meet will have that one script. That one script that is their heart and soul that they love so very much that has not been discovered yet. That's what this podcast is all about. We find those scripts, these unbelievably original gems, and we bring them to life with a table read of professional actors. Welcome to Undiscovered Scripts, Movies Made of Paper. Welcome back, everyone, to the third episode of Back to Back to the Future. Marty and Fox are in the Paramount Commissary. They are seated at a long table in what looks like a high school cafeteria. Fox is shuffling through some papers. There's going to be a lot of rewrites, but I know this is a scene they're doing for sure. Rewrites? What kind of rewrites? Well, they came up with a new thing to make time travel possible. A DeLorean instead of a fridge. DeLorean? I like it. Okay, let's run the lines. So you just sat down and you're trying to convince your father to ask your mother to the enchantment under the sea dance. (laughs) So weird. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'll play your dad. Fox pushes the sides over so they can both see. George, remember that girl I introduced you to? Lorraine? Marty pretends to be writing something. What are you writing? Stories. Science fiction stories about... Visitors coming down to Earth from other planets. Get out of town. I didn't know you did anything creative. See, now now this I don't get. It's, it's his dad, right? Right. So why doesn't he know that he doesn't do anything creative? Well, he stopped writing a long time ago. He was afraid of rejection. Marty motions to Fox to continue. No, no, no. I never let anyone read my stories. Why not? What if they told me I was no good? I guess that would be hard for somebody to understand. No, not hard at all. I don't think I can do this, Marty. What do you mean? You're doing great. I I got a good thing going on here. It pays good. Maybe I'm not ready to be a movie star. You're ready, trust me. How do you know? You were born to play this part. Look, family ties is stable. As long as I feel like that's going strong, I don't think I should stray too far from the well. Fox gets up to leave. Sorry. I gotta go. Marty is deflated. (laughs) We are back at their home base of operations, Production Design Garage. Pike is flipping through the new pages of the script as Marty paces. This is much better. Family Ties stays on the air another four years. How can we make it seem unstable? Four more years? Yep. So as soon as Reagan is out of office, they don't have anything to talk about anymore? Pretty much. Hmm. Well, at least the Democrat gets elected in four years. Mm. Marty cringes while Pike has his face buried in the script. I wonder if there's room in here for a Reagan joke. What could we do to make Michael J. Fox think that Family Ties might go off the air? Well... There was a writer's strike a few years ago when they came up with pay TV, but I don't know what anyone would strike over now. Hmm. We are back on the Family Ties set. Marty saunters around set and down a hallway until he finds a door marked writer's room. He walks through it and finds a group of disheveled men and crumpled paper. A bald man with beady eyes, Goldberg, notices Marty. Are you the new intern? I'm with the Writers Guild of America. There's a lot of shuffling and groaning in the room. I'm sorry about that. Uh, What's the problem, Mr... Marty hesitates. Tarantino. 
Gary Goldberg. <clears throat> What's the problem, Mr. Tarantino? I was wondering if you guys were up to snuff on this whole VHS thing? And we are back at Universal Studios at the Clock Tower. Marty is walking through the back lot, flipping through the new pages of the script. Michael J. Fox trots up behind him and grabs his shoulder. Marty! Hey, what's going on? You're never gonna believe this! We are in Pike's production design garage. Pike is leaning on the DeLorean, listening to Fox frantically tell his story. I have to get this. I need to get this. Fox is pacing in the garage as Marty shoots a smile to Pike. VHS? VHS? At least when this is over, there can't be anything else for them to strike over. Pike nods in agreement and looks to Marty, who is shaking his head no. Pike is surprised, but hides it from Fox. I- I'm sorry, you said you were... Oh, um, a production designer. Ah, huh. so I got a stuntman and a production designer helping me audition for this part. Pike nods and looks to Marty. Shall we get to work? Great. Okay. I saw a new scene that I think we should use for your audition. Would you mind reading, Pike? Marty leans on the DeLorean as he watches Pike and Marty start a scene. I still don't understand how I'm supposed to go to the dance with her if she's already going to the dance with you. Because, George, she wants to go with you. She just doesn't know it yet. That's why we have to show her that you, George McFly, are a fighter. You're somebody who's going to stand up for yourself. Somebody who's going to protect her. Marty is grinning at Fox's delivery. Yeah, but I've never picked a fight in my entire life. Look, you're not going to be picking a fight, Dad. I mean, George. Okay, let's go over the plan again. Hold on. What is it? That's not right. Pike and Marty scan the pages. Hmm, you must have ad-libbed that. What? Uh, you must ad-lib that? Pike nods in agreement. Okay, uh, try this. Yeah. But I've never picked a fight in my entire life. Look, you're not going to be picking a fight, Dad. Dad, 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 (laughs) Daddy-o. That was great. You're hilarious. Marty looks embarrassed. Because it's the 50s. Daddy-o, pretty funny. That was really good. I agree. I agree. Standing at the bay doors, it's Bob Zemeckis. Bob! That was really impressive, Marty. Zemeckis approaches Marty. Mr. Zemeckis, this is Michael J. Fox. Hey, kid. Hello, sir. I'm I'm a big fan. No, you're not. Fox looks dejected. Marty, I want you to audition for me and Steven. Spielberg? I think you have what it takes. I I just need to convince Steven. He's talking about Steven Spielberg, isn't he? Mr. Zemeckis, I can't begin to tell you how flattered I am, but... I won't take no for an answer. I think your guy is right here. Marty points to Fox. I'd love an opportunity to... I'm sure you're great, kid. Really great. But I found my muse. Your muse? Do you know how to play the guitar, Marty? Um, yeah, a little, I guess. Good enough. There is a new scene at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance where Marty plays the guitar and the whole thing is going to ride on how well Marty McFly can play. I can't play that good. It's all wides. We can fake it and stall socks. If I can convince Steven that I need you for that scene, he'll consider it. 
I don't know, Mr. Zemeckis. <laughs> Kid, it's Bob. Soundstage 32, tomorrow at 10 a.m. Zemeckis leaves. Great Scott! This is a great opportunity for you. This is a good thing. Yeah, I agree with Pike here. This means he's willing to replace Stoltz. Definitely. If he'll replace Stoltz with you, he'll replace Stoltz with him. Pike motions to Fox. You guys won't let it go, will you? Later on, we're in Soundstage 10. Fox is strumming a guitar. Marty looks through the script. There's still so much work to do. You're a writer now, too? I just mean, it could be better. What's the song? Earth Angel and... Marty flips through the pages. That's it? No problem. I, I could teach you how to play that. As amazing as that sounds right now, we should work on your audition. What now? Do you know how to play Johnny Be Good? It's night. We're in the production design garage. Pike is hard at work on the DeLorean when Marty walks through the bay doors. How was band practice? He's really good. Marty checks his phone. The image of him and his family is fading. His brothers are almost completely gone. I have to tell you, Marty, I would have never thought any of this was possible, but you made it real for me. Once I knew it could be done, it was almost easy. So it's going to work? Let me show you. Pike brings Marty over to a blueprint of the backlot. So this is the universal backlot. No scale model? When would I have had time to make a scale model? Right, of course. Tomorrow night, while they're shooting the Under the Sea dance on location in Hollywood, we'll be doing second unit here with the car driving down this street. Pike points to the street on the blueprint. Who will be there? They just want to see the car peel down the street, sparks, flaming tires. The second unit team and Christopher Lloyd. This is really taking away some of the magic for me. Except the part where you fly through space and time. Except for that part. I told the stunt coordinator you're the only driver Zemeckis will use, which he bought because he thinks you're the new Marty McFly. Great. We'll send you back to the exact time in the moment you left. Pike, my dad. Right. Well, you can't go back too much further because if you run into anyone, you know you could. Paradox, I know, I know. But I have to get back to Sunset and Ivar, my dad. Great Scott, that's three miles from here. Marty, I don't want to know too much about the future, even the future of your own father. I understand. We'll send you back 10 minutes early. That should give you enough time to get to Hollywood, but you have to make sure your future self doesn't see you. Okay. So you hop in the DeLorean, get it... Get it up to 88 miles per hour. Sure, if you can do it in a quarter mile, but it's not necessary. Really? I'll be here. Pike is pointing to the clock tower. I'll rig the cabling to send a jolt just as the coupling device strikes the cable. Gigawatts? You know that's made up, right? That part I think I knew was fake. It's about 5 billion joules. That sounds like a lot. It'll cause a blackout for sure. How are you going to explain the car disappearing? Mirrors. I'll have the other DeLorean sitting around the corner. No one will ask too many questions. And then that's it? You'll be back in the future. Or engulfed in a ball of flames. It's the next day. We're in Soundstage 32. At the end of the soundstage is a platform where the musicians that make up Marvin Barry and the Starlighters are doing a sound check. Harry Waters Jr., the actor who played Marvin Barry, is listening to Marty as he flips through the script. Do you have any questions, Harry? I think we can play Johnny Be Good. The other actors nod in agreement. The saxophone player says... Yeah, it ain't Mozart. Okay, I'll cue you. You sure this is a good idea, kid? You may not get a chance like this again. Marty pats Harry on the shoulder. You're right. 
Harry shakes his head as Marty grabs his guitar. Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Bob Gale take their places behind a fold-out table that is set back from the stage. The scene feels a lot like the audition sequence at the beginning of Back to the Future. I like this setup. Zemeckis nods in agreement. Steven, Bob, I've got the sequel all worked out in my head. Do, do you know who plays Marty McFly in the sequel? Oh, yeah. It's called Bark to the Future. Bark? Where does Einstein go when Doc sends him off for a minute? It doesn't matter. Ah, but what if it did? Did what? Matter. Feedback interrupts the conversation as Marty appears on stage. Welcome, Marty. I gotta say, you've got the right name for the part. Zemeckis is beaming. Thank you, sir. Bob tells me you can play. Yes, sir. Well, I'd like to see a little bit of that. And we've got some scenes I'd like to see you read after that. Marty nods. He motions to Harry, who cues the band to start playing Earth Angel. Marty begins the opening melody as everyone listens intently. Marty's guitar work is questionable, at best. The band winces, Spielberg winces, Zemeckis winces with a tinge of embarrassment. Gail sways as though he's enjoying it. Marty finishes singing as they finish playing the song. Spielberg gets up, clearly disappointed in the performance. Uh, thank you, Marty. Let's do another one? That won't be necessary. I actually have to go. Marty nods at Harry as he passes off the guitar to Fox, who just entered stage right. Who is that? Is that the kid from Family Ties? Zemeckis is slack-jawed. Let's do something that really cooks. Fox grabs the guitar with the confidence of Marty McFly. Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Gale aren't sure what to make of all of this. Spielberg sits back down. I like family ties. Fox grabs the microphone. All right, this is an oldie. Well, it's an oldie where I come from. Fox turns to the band. All right, guys, this is a blues riff in B. Watch me for the changes and try and keep up, okay? starts playing the opening riff to Johnny Be Good as Zemeckis' eyes grow wider. Spielberg and Gale are really impressed. Fox starts singing. There's little to be desired, but he's got the performance down. Marty standing off to the side motions to Harry. Harry mimics picking up a phone. Chuck, Chuck, it's Marvin. Your cousin, Marvin Barry? Harry gives a knowing look to the table of producers. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. Harry pretends to hold out the phone as Fox starts wailing away on the guitar. Clever. We need more stuff like that. Zemeckis turns to Bob Gale. I told you we needed more stuff like that. I don't get it. Fox continues, sliding on his knees, hammering the guitar as the producers stare in amazement. Marty checks his phone. Images of his family start to reappear. Marty looks up at Fox with pride. Outside of Soundstage 32, Stoltz appears from his trailer, looking around for the source of the music. Back inside Soundstage 32, Fox plays the guitar behind his head, kicking over equipment. Stoltz sneaks in a side door and evaluates the situation. Fox does his final slide across stage, and the last chord reverberates through the soundstage. After a brief pause, Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Bob Gale erupt in applause. 
the polar opposite of the reaction in the movie. They are amazed. Michael J. Fox is out of breath but smiling. Marty is applauding in the corner. Of course, in the movie, all the kids will just be staring at him. Zemeckis energetically chimes in. What was all that noise? Exactly. My ears are bleeding. Ow! Spielberg turns to Zemeckis. Something like that. We'll work out the details. He's going to have to lip sync. Uh, yeah. Definitely. Well, Mr. Fox, would you like to read some sides? Stoltz is in disbelief. Pike's production design garage later that day. Marty bursts through the doors, phone in hand. It worked! The photo! It's coming back! They must cast him then! Do you have a video camera? Yeah, why? Insurance. You shouldn't tamper too much with the past. It could... Affect your future, I know, I know. Okay, you need to get to wardrobe. Marty is in the wardrobe trailer. He's setting up a chunky Magnavox video camera and hits record. On another section of the Universal Studios backlot, Pike is clamping cables to the props set for the scene later that night. From Pike's vantage point, he can see Spielberg and Zemeckis speaking with Stoltz outside of his trailer. The conversation can't be heard, but you can tell from his body language that Stoltz isn't happy. Christopher Lloyd and an actor dressed up like a police officer are running lines. Evening, Dr. Brown. What's with the wire? Oh, uh, just a weather experiment. Hmm. What you got under here? We are back inside the wardrobe trailer. Marty stares at himself in the mirror. He is wearing the costume that made Marty McFly famous, complete with the puffy orange vest. He takes a moment to reflect on how amazing this has been. Doc, I had to change. You think I'm going back in that zoot suit? (laughs) He grabs the VHS tape and leaves the trailer. It's nighttime on the Universal Studios backlot. Marty is outside of a trailer that has the name Stoltz crossed off and Fox in its place. Marty smiles as he enters the trailer. Now, at the Hollywood United Methodist Church, still nighttime, the parking lot is littered with movie-making equipment trucks. Production assistants are keeping the area clear. We go inside the Hollywood United Methodist Church, otherwise known as Enchantment Under the Sea set. Marvin Berry and the Starlighters are rehearsing Night Train. There are dozens of extras dressed in 1950s clothing and an assistant director on a megaphone. Okay, the camera is going to sweep back this way and everyone is in the shots and no fancy stuff on Night Train, hmm? We'll save that for later. Crispin Glover is rehearsing his dance moves in the corner. Backstage, Spielberg and Zemeckis are crowded around Michael J. Fox, who is dressed in his zoot suit and, for the first time, is looking every bit like Marty McFly. How did Eric take it? Don't worry about Eric. You'll be fine. Listen, just do what you did this afternoon and everything's gonna be fine. I have a really good feeling about this. You're going to do great, Michael. Fox smiles and turns to the stage where he'll be making his entrance. As Spielberg clears the frame, Stoltz becomes visible, peering from behind a flat. Back at Universal Studios, Pike is taking the tarp off of the DeLorean as Marty approaches. Looking good. Marty adjusts his vest. By the way, this isn't cool in 2015. Uh, I don't want to know too much about the future. Just don't invest in sleeveless winter coats, that's all. Hey, Pike. Pike turns to see a man holding a clipboard with a mic in his ear. Yes? Oh, hey. Stunt guy, right? Marty nods. 
Uh, listen, Zemeckis and Spielberg might be coming by tonight. Just want to let you know. Do you know why? Well, they can't find a new Marty McFly. Left the set or something. Marty pulls out his phone and looks at the picture of his family. They're starting to disappear again. What do you got there? Oh, it's an, uh, intervalometer. Yeah, yeah, hold on. Clipboard guy listens to his walkie. Yeah, copy that. Did they find him? Nah, they're gonna shoot it with Stoltz. The clipboard guy continues to let the crew know what the current changes are. Stoltz. Hop in. Marty jumps into the DeLorean with Pike and they peel off. We are at the Enchantment Under the Sea set. Spielberg, Zemeckis, and Gale are standing by Video Village. I, I, I don't understand. He seemed all ready to go ten minutes ago. Well, we don't have time to find out. Fridge, DeLorean, Stoltz, Fridge, Fox, DeLorean. This thing is going to cost more than Cleopatra if we keep it up. We'll push through. We'll make it work with Eric. Stoltz appears dressed as Marty McFly. He's putting the last-minute touches on his tie. Eric, I'm so glad you were available. Well, you only fired me this afternoon, Bob, so my schedule was pretty open. Spielberg shoots an uncomfortable look to Gale. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, Eric. Listen, we're gonna move forward and let's just make the best movie we can. I agree. We're gonna get someone to do the guitar part, so just strum along and uh, try and keep up. Do you want me to do that? Johnny be good thing? Uh, let's try it. Because I thought it was kind of stupid. Uh, let's just try and get through Earth Angel for now. Cool. I'm going to get warmed up. Woo, whoa, war, wow. Woo, whoa, war, wow. Whether the weather be cold or whether the weather be hot, we'll be together whatever the weather, whether we like it or not. Thanks for listening, everyone, to Episode 3 of Back to Back to the Future. Please tune in for Episode 4. For more information about this script, along with details of the cast and crew, please visit our website at moviesmadeofpaper.com.